Hi there, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here with our panel, which is attempting to recover from all of the uh, E3 goodness last week, starting with head of development at Giant Space Cat, makers of the upcoming Revolution 60 for iOS. Brianna Wu, how you doing this week, Bri? What's crack-a-lackin'? So uh, are, you, uh, are you sufficiently psyched from uh, everything you saw? Did you go out and buy anything exciting? Uh, you know, yeah, I've, I've been, it's been a crazy week. Uh, yeah, not really anything yet. I mean, nothing's come out yet, right? <laughs> well, there was that one game for PS4, but that weird, uh, that, I don't even remember what the name of it is, but anyway, uh, we have assistance games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? I'm doing pretty good, Steve. Getting better at Mario Kart all the time. <laughs> Are, have you conquered 150cc yet? I have actually. I have. I have been moving up the ranks at the CCs. What does CC stand for? Nobody knows. Have, no one will tell me. Don't some tell sort me. Of a car I don't cubic know. centimeter. Wait, really? It's a car thing. Yeah, it's for the engine class. I race motorcycles, so. Yeah. Oh, I figured it was going to be a stupid Mario thing. All right, fair no. enough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have reviewer from iMore and host of Zen and Tech podcast, Georgia Dow. Welcome back, Georgia. We missed you last week. I missed you guys too. Sorry, just want you to complete me. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia has turned into a video game protagonist in the interim, husky voice and all. I think that's the that's the uh, Georgia death stare is what that. That was, was it. That was it. Be careful. <laughs> and uh, we also have a special guest this week. We have a PR guy at Square Enix, Justin Cranzel. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Looking it's, uh, forward to it's, it. It's nice to have another another guy on the show, so now we can just talk about uh, about <laughs> football and cars and, uh, you know, not no. video games. I think this means yeah. you have to leave, Steve. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been replaced. Is that what it is? I'm the one who does the editing. You guys, you guys can't get rid of me that easily. Wait, Steve and Justin are guys? <laughs> Wait, hey, hey, easy. What? I thought this was an all-girl show. I don't know. I might have to leave. Yeah, I'm very upset. I'm very upset. Can I, Justin, can I tell you my favorite thing about you? And we may have to edit this out of the podcast. But <laughs> already. Everyone already be shocked. Just... We might have to edit something that Bree said out. Bree, is this going to affect our explicit content Probably. Or... No, no, no. So my favorite thing about Justin is he was on Twitter the other day, and he's showing his username for, for an MMO, and his... He picks the most positive, like, <laughs> uplifting, like awesome name ever, and it's Scientology rocks. <laughs> and that's that's oh, no. his name as he represents himself out there in the that world. That's my belief, so Brianna. Correction, that's my, my belief. <laughs> oh, I'm Thank sorry. You. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean right, to chuckle. Right, I apologize. Right. Okay. Thank you. Right. Um, that's my favorite thing about you. So now, now okay. everyone has to follow him. Right. We've all learned something new and important today. <laughs> We've learned that Justin has a lot more money than we ever dreamed possible. <laughs> Clearly. And he has some idea as to how to spend it. And I do have a way that you guys can increase your mental potential as well. <laughs> do you think, uh, yeah, do you think uh, George is a Thetan? Because <laughs> I've kind of... I, I, I've been picking up. I've been picking up a strong Thetan vibe. Okay. <laughs> I think this is a new record for how quickly the show went off the, off yeah. the rails. Oh, let's 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 All not right. talk about my Thetan. All right. So so let's start with some follow up. With I guess I we I'm I'm using the excuse of calling this follow up because I'm too excited to talk about that. I want to talk about it right away. So. Best Buy over the weekend was doing some demos of Super Smash Brothers, which I went to, and I actually got my hands on Super Smash Brothers, and I'm super excited. Super so, Smash excited. Super Smash excited. 
<laughs> what is it? Fo- what was it? What was it, Maddie? Fox only, no items. Final, final destination. destination. Did, is that how you played? Did you ruin all of the children around you's experience I, I, by? I beat my I beat my seven year old and my five year old oh silly. My God, yes. Steve, oh my God. You take him out. That's awful. Steve was dominating well, in the game. In the game, not in not in real life. Let's you know. Uh, well, obviously not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so they were doing uh they were doing a thing, and it was organized about as well as you would expect something that's at a Best Buy to be organized, but they had to restart the Wii a couple times, the Wii U a couple times to get it to work and it crashed a few times. But so we stood in line for about an hour and got, I got to play both the 3DS and the Wii U version. So they were, they had these, these poor employees that had 3DSs literally tethered to them with like the, the security cables that they had, that they used to keep the cell phones on the table. So they had these people just walking around with 3DSs, like, attached to them, like little leashes. Wow. But, so... I, I didn't got... think working at Best Buy could get worse. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> You're a valued employee yeah. at Best Buy. Hey, yeah. it was because they weren't using their $150 gold cables. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> so... Don't be more of a thing. <laughs> Stop calling me out. No one knows. It's her space star ordering showing through. <laughs> so what character did you pick? I went with Mega Man because of course. Okay, yeah. He is a Mega Man. On the 3DS, I went with Mega Man. And on the Wii U, they were letting us do two matches in a row. So they every group before they let do two matches. So I did Mega Man the first round and Greninja as the second round. And uh, my oldest daughter picked Kirby. Of course. Both yeah. times. Cool. So, right. so she's, even though Peach was an option in the 3DS, she went with Kirby. Oh. And my younger daughter was very upset that Peach was. They didn't have a full. They didn't have a full um, set roster mm. in the Wii U when they only had about half the characters, and Peach was not an option, which <gasps> was not uh, was not received very well. So my younger daughter settled for Rosalina. Oh, mm. and then my wife. My wife picked the uh, Animal Crossing villager. So what do you say to your eight-year-old daughter after you kick her butt in Super Smash Brothers? That she needs like, to learn to play better. <laughs> Come on, tell us, tell us the truth. Kirby kicked your butt. No, my, my wife actually did one, win one of the rounds. Oh. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, kinda, it, it's hard to kind of get a feel for the characters when you're just, like, thrown into a battle and, and you have two minutes, you know, a two-minute round to figure things out. But Yeah, I remember playing Brawl in, in this context at a game store with a bunch of people I didn't know, and it was, like, the worst possible way to be introduced to a video game. I, I, you, you just don't have enough time, and then you have to wait in line again for an hour or two hours or longer, and it was awful. But Yeah, and, and it's been... I mean, I think I played one game of Brawl, like, in the past mm-hmm. five years. So I, I had a little bit of time to kind of get used to the uh, to the controls again. But the I, I got to say, the 3DS version is not all that exciting. Hmm. Huh. I, I mean, it's, it's Smash Brothers on a 3DS, which kind of makes it interesting in and of itself. But it kind of didn't feel all that different. It just kind of felt... And I'm a little bit worried about how the analog stick's going to hold up. Because yeah. that's it doesn't seem like it's really intended for the kind of like jerky left and right movement that you need to do in order to do a smash attack. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So it kind of felt like I was afraid I was gonna break. I mean, obviously they were running around with people who were a lot less, lot less cautious than I am. Well, but probably also people who don't necessarily know how to do a smash attack. I don't know. Right. Did you get the sense from the people who came to this that it was a, a bunch of smash fans or just a bunch of people hanging out? 
It was mostly the kind of crowd that you would expect at something like this. Mostly, you know, 20, 18 to 20 year old. There were oh, some families. Okay. So those people were going to town on the analog stick. <laughs> yeah. They were not, they were not, uh, not being ginger with, yeah. about it whatsoever. <laughs> but the, uh, the Wii U version blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. Wow. I am like so psyched about this game actually after having gotten my hands on it. And I, I mean, not that I wasn't excited about it before, but it's like they have one of the stages they have was the Dr. Wily stage. It's, it's the Dr. Wily castle from Mega Man two. And they actually have like the level map in the background in the sky while you're fighting. And then they have the Cyclops from one of the boss levels, like materialize in the middle of the battle and start like attacking. Cool. Just little stuff like that. And it, it was a lot of fun. And is the uh, animation quality up to that of, you know, say, Mario Kart or, you know, Super Mario 3D World? It seemed like it. Wow. Uh, I mean, A, my eyes don't catch the kinds of things that your eyes do, but mm-hmm. it looked really, really pretty. And it felt like it was keeping up pretty well with four players. But the other thing is that because there were four players, it was zoomed out most of the time. So it's a little bit harder to see. I think that if you're doing like a one-on-one, you might see it a little bit better because it would be zoomed in Right, more. right. I think the, the number of times that it was zoomed in, there's so much going on. It's really hard to tell what's going on with the animations. But I, I wish I had known how to execute a Final Smash because I saw some people <laughs> pulling those off with Mega Man. And it, it, it's, it's basically like a super move out of Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And it's like an awesome, it's like everybody was like chanting for it. And it's (laughs) really it. Yeah. It was like, get the, like we're, we're playing and I'm, and, and they're yelling like from behind me, like get the final, get the smash ball, get the smash ball. And like, I don't, I have it. I don't know what the hell to do with it. You're like, Maddie, where are you? And I need you. I know. (laughs) I would have been so frustrated with you. I would have just grabbed (laughs) it. She would have taken them from you. Let some let a professional use this already. You actually, I mean, like if you're playing against someone, you can steal the Smash Ball from them. I mean, you can just beat it out of them. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I didn't know how to how to wow. actually get it to to work. Get it to do anything. Yeah, you have to press a particular button. It's just yeah. one button, or is it a combo? And they flash up the controls for like three button. seconds. Oh. So it's it's like you know if you don't. If you're not looking for that, then you're not picking it yeah, up. Right. But. This is Super Smash Brothers pro tip, but if you're not sure how to do that, just look behind you and the glowing force-like you know, entity of Maddie Myers will be behind you. <laughs> will appear. Like giving you Take the controller from you and Steve. not tell you what she to will do. Be like my Smash Brothers Obi-Wan. She exactly. Like, right. She'll be a serial. <laughs> I'm more like a sarcastic Yoda, I think. <laughs> but less green. I don't know. Yoda's pretty sarcastic in general anyway. He is, but. yeah. But I'm um. even more sarcastic. Um, I did watch the Conan O'Brien bit wherein he plays the new Smash Bros. So, Brie, if you want to check out the animations, because I know you know more than I do, you should at least watch that. Uh, I will do that. And I will see do that. what it looks like to you. It looked awesome to me. So. Well. I also like those Clueless Gamer sketches anyway. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> else watches those. They're always great. Yeah. 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 What? Anyway, Steve, what were you going to say? Sorry. I, I don't, I don't even know anymore. I, <laughs> it's, I, I, think, I think this is going to sell systems, though. I think that you, you get enough people playing this. This is the kind of game that people will, will play and then will want to go home and get their own copy of. I'm so pretty, yeah, I, know, I don't know how I many. Know, but. I know you're going to be able to beat me. I'm really sure Maddie will be able to beat me. Georgia, like, I'm really... <laughs> we'll play each other. You and I, we might... You could probably beat me at yeah. this game, so... 
Maybe. I, I, if, if Maddie Myers well, Obi-Wan style Well, much like Mario Kart, me. there are a lot of elements of chance here in the yeah. game as well that make it possible for somebody who is really far behind to pull ahead, which I think is part of this Nintendo ethos in a lot of games, right? I mean, any competitive game, they don't really want to make it so that if you're really, really good, you just kill everybody right away, right? Right, right. 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 There's no blue shell or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, well, there there are shells, but... Um, not not the blue shell. No, <laughs> no but it, it if, unless we do the Fox Only No Items thing, then you don't really have to worry about getting schooled in Super Smash because there's there are items and there are ways to pull ahead that will help you is is some sort of spastic epileptic thing good could that work for me because i do that very well i think well. so i think so <laughs> that is the right skill. character <laughs> i have to think about which character would would, would work would best d- with button okay. mashing okay you let me know <laughs> if it seriously is rewarded i'll be picking up a wii u right away <laughs> do you not have, we all have wii u's welcome to wii u cast i do not I, have a wii u though i'm the one i'm the anomaly oh, you don't i know yeah i thought you had one i just retconned that <laughs> we all have wii u's georgia <laughs> one of these things is not like the others <laughs> Yeah. See, it, it's a good thing because Georgia would destroy all of us in Mario Kart. She's it's just true. holding back. She's she's protecting us from her awesomeness at Mario Kart. I I, not I have played a lot of Mario Kart, but but probably not Wii U Mario Kart. And I hear Bree's a beast. So no, I got my butt. Oh, did kicked. you? Um, you guys have finished 150 CC. I like we ship next week, um, hopefully, and <laughs> like I'm still unlocking 50 CC. So yeah, Bree and I played online. What was it last week? Yeah. Or or Frank and I played online, supposedly. (laughs) It didn't go well. Uh, We'll talk about that later. Uh, So, Murdered Soul Suspect. Um, You know, awkward segue. Um, That was smooth, Brie. It was smooth. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Not available on Wii U. No. A different video game that isn't on the Wii U is Murdered Soul Suspect. I, I hope you don't mind me, like, saying a little bit about it at the top, but out of everything that was coming out for the next gen that was kind of in the, you know, the first batch of games, this was one of the games I was really, 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 really looking forward really? to. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like with my job, I really care about narrative. It's also made with the Unreal Engine, which, you know, I work with professionally. So any Unreal game I end up playing... And I I quite like this game. Um, I didn't think I would like the main character. Um, Maddie, you reviewed it like professionally. Like, I mean, what do you think about it? I really enjoyed this game. Yeah. I my only complaint was that I wished that I could have it could have been a little bit longer. And th- I I just enjoyed everything about it. And I went into it knowing nothing, which is something that I try to do. Anytime I review a game, but it's hard, obviously. Uh, but I, I didn't know anything. And just based on the box art, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be a game about a detective cop guy. Boring! <laughs> but um, it is completely not what I expected, which I loved. And it, at no point, it just kept surprising me. And I, I said that really close to the top of the review. I just was like, this game really, really surprised me. And I love when games do that. Right. And I don't want to like spoil anything in the game really, but um I the story surprised me. I think it's well established 
at least from people who follow me on Twitter, that I really like murder mysteries in any form, be they books or TV shows or murder she wrote or whatever. (laughs) And um, so, but I think it's really, really hard to do a murder mystery well in a game and to give the sensation that the player is actually figuring out the murder mystery or the mystery if it's not a murder. And that's something Gone Home tried to do a little bit. And this game took that to another level, I thought. What did you think, Bree? Um, I completely agree with that. I thought, you know, I could pick apart the mechanics, um, but I did think they were vastly better than Beyond Two Souls. Um, I think I Beyond agree, Two Souls yeah. is a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bree and I occasionally fight about Beyond Two right. Souls. It's fine, yeah. though. Keep going. Right. It's, wait, wait, wait. No, I want to know about this now, because Bree and um, I have fought about Beyond Two Souls, the too. The story is that I don't like the game, and Bree really likes it. No, no, no. I like Heavy Rain. I think Beyond Two Souls is extremely flawed. I still think you liked it more than I did, though. Sure, sure, sure. But, I mean, my point is Murdered Soul Suspect had vastly better mechanics behind it. It was a much more mechanically sound game. I also really appreciated it was a game where you don't really you kind of fight things, but you don't really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a like destroy everything in sight. So I mean, we can opine about it, but you know, I wanted to you know, have Justin talk about it. Well from my perspective, like obviously I got to see the the warts on all side of things. Like I came on relatively late, but but from us, we, we always were pretty cognizant that storyline would sort of make or break it. And we did, and I don't know whether you guys would agree, but we we did think that, you know, the protagonist, it's not exactly, you know, out of left field that it's a white dude who's a protagonist, but we did like the fact that he wasn't your typical bro guy running around putting bullets into everything. The mechanics mm-hmm. weren't oriented around killing everything that moves there was a need for a action or enemy encounter mechanic just because Mm -hmm. testing revealed that people rolling from investigation to investigation quickly, it needed something to punctuate the action. And I know Maddie pointed this out in her, in her review as well, but like, it's probably a fair, it's probably a fair criticism to say that there is a fair bit of repetition and you can, you can brute force your way through the game just by, you know, going through every possible iteration but the goal was for people to actually take it away and play it you know piecemeal not not to just rip through in like you know the shortest amount possible and actually mm-hmm. say oh look i've achieved resolution i managed to tear through the game in record time but yeah so i think that <laughs> and and i'm sure that like Bri, you can agree with this as well when you're trying to actually deliver story it's mm-hmm. it's a tough thing to actually encourage people to stop and smell the roses so yeah you know i think that they they took steps towards that obviously it's like any game there's there's stuff that they would have done differently if they had had more time and money but like i've got to say like most of our titles i've worked on or had a, had an opportunity to promote that i was pretty happy with the way the people who got it articulated what they liked and you know the people who didn't get it i think that by and large it was reasonably fair criticism maybe a a bit harsh scoring at times, but I think the critiques in general, they're pretty on the money. I mean, as far as stopping to smell the roses and people wanting to run from event to event, we've absolutely run into that. We have a tap to move mechanic and where people explore the station, this, this mm. space station. And it's by far the most critic, you know, criticized thing that we have because people do want action, 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 action. Mm-hmm. And, 
it's hard in playtesting to kind of you know, make them slow down and, and, and hit those story beats. And the thing is, when you're trying to tell a story, you can't have action, 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 action. The thing that makes action exciting are the pauses between it, you know, the longer character moments, the, the quiet to kind of set the tone and kind of getting players to accept that in a more narrative-based game is it's a real challenge as a designer. It's probably also just an epidemic of, of what's happening with our society as everything's becoming more and more automated. We have to do less and less for ourselves and things, our ability to delay gratification is becoming smaller and smaller as are yeah. kind of uh, set. So you have people that are, are really care. Like I love a, a story driven game. I actually really enjoy that. And I think that what right. Maddie said about like the game was too short. That's the best game when you think, oh my God, I wish it did not mm. already end. That's the hugest yeah. compliment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I like, that's right. like not even, I'm not even trying to complain about that. In some ways it's yeah. the perfect length it's, because yeah. you, it leaves you wanting more. Yes. But I, I would also say that I tend to play games really slowly anyway, mm -hmm. which is uh -huh. probably why I'm a Metroid fan, yes. because those games really reward extremely careful exploring. And um, this game also really rewards careful exploring, which mm -hmm. I loved about it. And it's also why I liked Gone Home and why I didn't like a game like Beyond Two Souls, which is extremely uh -huh. path-oriented and linear and doesn't really reward exploring. Right. Um, but this game, Murdered, is very into letting you explore a space and if you want to collect more clues you can or you can solve the mystery as soon as you get just enough clues but I enjoyed finding all the clues for each thing and I enjoyed talking to all the ghosts and finding their little side quests as well um, you don't have to do that but I just found it really rewarding and I felt like it, 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 there, the, there was sort of a natural narrative progression but right. I don't know that I am the typical game player when it comes to that, I know a lot of other people don't like playing games slowly. And I mean, the joke about Gone Home was, oh, you can beat this game in 15 minutes. And like, you can, you can completely <laughs> brute force the game and just skip ahead to like the final passageway and quote unquote, win the game. But that's completely absurd, right? I mean, you can you can kind of do the same thing in Murdered and, and play it really, really quickly. But the idea of speed running a narrative game is so strange. It, it really is. <laughs> is it just that we just have too many games to play right now though is it just that I, like um, we all have backlogs of like 100 plus games and we just want to you know if it, if it's a story-based game like just want to experience the story and go through it as quickly as possible so that you can feel like you've completed something and then go on to the next thing but that's your that's your editorial privilege speaking i think somewhat <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, right you know well, if you if you put yourself in the shoes of, of your average consumer, like they've they've run into E3 pretty much, wanting to have their minds blown. They had Watch Dogs, which you know, for all the critiques leveled at it, as a um, as a creative work, it's actually very impressive if if you assess it on a on a development and on a delivery level. Um, so it's it's more a case that like whether you like it or not, you're competing with people who've who are contemplating spending money on like something completely unrelated, which is obviously a lot more fast-paced or or your more deliberate sort of experience. Like most of our consumers we find aren't people who've got a backlog of games. Like it's it's literally going to be people who are mm. like playing through one game, going back to GameStop or wherever and returning it and picking up another. Wow. Hmm. Well, it's not everyone, but yeah, that's a, that's a considerable amount of people. Like not everyone's a, hmm. a collector, you know. Like a lot mm -hmm. of people will just go from game to game. 
but then that you know that kind of is the same motivation right because then those people are trying to get through the game and then get it back to GameStop while it still has the most value so that they can get the most value for their next for the next game that they want to play too uh, I would imagine at least is some part of that I don't know I think the more adult crowd it's more just representing when they return a game like that it's re- representing okay I didn't throw $60 down the drain because I am returning this game mm. I think it's, right. it's more it's more nominal yeah. value so it's a little bit psychosomatic but huh. you know it's it's more just a feeling like I don't think that a lot of gamers really feel pressure in that way like I know I could be speaking out of my butt here but I honestly <laughs> think that it's more a case that it's like they will assess each game individually on its own merits and like if they play murder for instance and after like two hours they're like man I'm bored then that's that's the real impetus there. If they're enjoying it, they'll they'll linger yeah. and then they'll not necessarily feel pressure to get started on the Destiny Alpha or or whatever else might be floating up on the horizon shortly. Right. You know, Ken, something you said earlier was about the league character being kind of another white guy. But I wanted to give you guys props because the watchdog protagonist I found extremely generic. And I like watchdogs. It's a, as you say, it's a very technically well done game. Um, what I was really amazed about is I picked this game up and I didn't expect to like the main character. And I found him extremely likable. I found him very relatable. There was a, and and I don't really know why, but there was just a, he didn't seem like a bro. Do you know? He, he, he was definitely non-bro by, by the end of the storytelling cycle. I think it, yeah, it helped that they did a few passes in testing and originally he was quite obnoxious, which oh. maybe five years ago would have been ideal, but nowadays <laughs> it's increasingly scrutinized. It's like, why, why, if you've gone through all this trauma, would you be a wisecracking, cocky dude just slinging one-liners? Just, you know, right. as, a, as a narrative fit, that doesn't make much sense to me. So I think that mm-hmm. obviously the talented team at Airtight really were were cognizant of the fact that they, you know, like developers don't work in a vacuum, as you know. They, they know where the prevailing trends lie, and I think that they played a key role in helping guide us as well and our creative director towards something more believable and real. Yeah, I agree with you, Bree. I, I think it's great that you guys worked on that. I really liked the main character, and I, again, was not expecting to feel anything about him in particular, because normally yeah. a video game protagonist, I'm like, well, this is a dude. His <laughs> characteristic is being a dude. But um, in this case, he was an actual person, and I liked that, and I liked the other characters in the game as well. I, yeah. I thought overall... The writing was really good, and I liked the voice acting as well for pretty much everybody. And I mean, that can that can pretty much carry a game for me. For me, also working with the Unreal Engine, I really appreciate the lighting. Um, something you really have to avoid in Unreal Engine is if you don't really work it, you get this sewer lighting kind of thing going on. Like the lighting tools, I think it's fair to say in you know, CryEngine, for instance, are a lot more intuitive. I think lighting really makes a game that's kind of has a mysterious vibe to it like this, and I thought it was really well done. Um, not speaking on behalf of our of the art director, Dennis Price, but I do know that one of the things that he, when he joined, Dennis came from Blizzard where he spent like over a decade. One of the things he brought to the mix was he wanted to give a spectral treatment to some of the characters and surfaces, so that actually became a... Uh, that became one of his like go-to sort of elements, and I know that lighting played a big part in that for him. 
what I find so important about this title is when I look at the games I bought for next gen, you know, I have every single next gen system that exists. And, you know, I like most of these games, but Watch Dogs, with respect, does not have a super amount of innovation. It's, it's not a game that takes chances. It, it builds on a, a formula and does it better and has more detail. But it's not really what you'd call an innovative game. Forza 5 is not really a super innovative game. And I look at all the titles I bought for next gen, and it's like a game like Murdered Soul Suspect comes out, and it is innovative, and it is trying to do something differently that the, than the rest of the industry is doing. It's not sequelitis. And... Yeah, I have to say that like when I saw some of the reviews for it, it just it made me sad because I feel like this game I, I feel that if you don't encourage games like Murdered Soul Suspect, I think that you have to vote with your dollar to a certain extent. And I think if you don't want to see Gears of War 20, you know, like all these games coming out again and again and again, you have to look at the titles that are kind of taking a chance and doing things differently. Does that make sense to you? Do you guys agree with that? Well, yeah, that's like what I was saying when we were talking about E3 last week, that it was just, right. I, I was watching some of the keynotes and I just felt like I was watching the same trailer over and over again. Right, right. And, you know, when you do get a game that's that's unique, I think sometimes it's kind of hard to communicate. Like, you can't boil it down to, well, this is, you know, Grand Theft Auto in space. Right. You know, or, or whatever into a one a one-sentence description that kind of conveys it you actually have to try to describe it a little bit more and sometimes that that gets lost in translation a little bit and sometimes people are reluctant to try things that they don't think that they're already going to like especially when they're spending $60 on it I guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's on us as gamers too to try to seek out those things and try to get something different because otherwise we're just going to keep getting I mean we're going to get Call of Duty every year anyway (laughs) but (laughs) but but that's all we're going to get is you know and, and it's it's funny because I just I just bought my PlayStation 4. It's actually sitting in a box on my dining room table uh, right now. And uh, I, I'm recording with you guys instead of going and setting it up oh, and doing wow. everything. Oh, wow. That's so a big that's deal. That's how much I love you guys. That is, that is really but impressive. But it's going, I'm going through, and I know that there's a bunch of indie games that I want to get, right? And I'm going through the list of what is out at retail. And, I mean, other than murder, there's really, it's not... A whole lot that's just it's like you know shooter that i could get on ps3 shooter i could get on ps3 there's uh knack which i've heard is not is not all that fantastic and it's just kind of like okay well this there's a lot of i I bought it for mostly for the indie games and the stuff that i know is coming out in a few months but i just kind of looking at what's out at retail it's not it's a lot of the same stuff and it's kind of kind of dismaying a little bit that it is the same three or four games just being slightly slightly iterated and then released as something new yeah well i, I do have to say uh, to your point earlier brie i was also sad when i read the reviews for murdered soul suspect <laughs> for a couple of reasons obviously work-wise is one but the other and i think a lot of guys you know who know me know this pretty well i'm i'm a keen sort of advocate of intelligent you know, thought-provoking uh, editorial, and it just seemed it, I was I was mainly disappointed, if I'm candid, with the disparity between even you know how users were rating the game and and how a lot of outlets actually rated it. Because to me, it <laughs> felt like a good opportunity. By all means, take the game to task if you perceive shortcomings, but 
a good opportunity to use that platform to essentially say we appreciate what they're trying to achieve here. Either A, we feel like they got there, or B, we don't feel they quite made it, but it, it just seemed like, you know, and I'm biased obviously, but it seemed like a, a missed opportunity to sort of present your editorial view for a lot of people on what you feel is an important alternative or maybe something you don't regard as an important alternative when it comes to diversity in, in gameplay. Well, just to speak to that a little bit, um, I'm sure you saw this, Justin, but the other person uh, besides me that I know of who gave the game a good review is Danielle Rando at Polygon. Mm-hmm. She also gave it, I think I gave it a 7.5 and she gave it a 7. She loved it if you read her review. And I, I think it really speaks to the writing of the game and just the way that the female characters are written for one thing mm-hmm. and just all of it that the people who liked the game were me and Danielle. I mean, you can <laughs> kind Joystick of like, also liked it. Yeah. I, I didn't read it. I didn't read everyone's. I just liked Danielle. So I went back <laughs> and read her review after I did mine, but um, Danielle is awesome. She's a very good writer and she's very funny on Twitter. Yeah. So I, I didn't read all the negative reviews cause I, I don't really know what they, I don't care what their opinions are, but I saw the scores. So um, mm. I just, I think that's worth noting that, you know, ladies liked your game. <laughs> and I think, I think that says something. Oh, look and at this. Susan, Susan reviewed oh, what, it for really? a joystick. Wow. Okay. Oh my God. Well, that yeah. We're, we're yeah. noticing a pattern here. Huh. Um, I like, I like with narrative. Yeah. So I, I think I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that perhaps those uh, male reviewers were expecting this to be sort of a particular kind of game that it wasn't. Hmm. And I'm not sure if that was the problem. But for me, I went in with those expectations and I was relieved when they weren't confirmed. And I, I think Danielle had this, a similar reaction in her review. Whereas I guys might go in expecting a bro-y shooter and be upset when that expectation wasn't confirmed. I don't know. I, I do think it's fair to say that IGN reviewer was uh, Lucy O'Brien. Okay, yeah, fair enough. But yeah. I, I don't know. IGN probably looks for something different than I do as well for other reasons. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's, part, <laughs> it's partially on us as well. Like, it, it was a tough one for us to communicate because obviously you can't just take, you can't lift the more sort of interesting moments out of the game that occur later on because you want to establish yeah. character and you don't want right. to, you know, um, unfortunately one of the, one of the hindrances of the game is that it is, it is a narrative-driven experience. So you've got to be careful you don't spoil things or, right, or have right. PR people ruining your game in in order to make people a little bit excited. But <laughs> right, right. there there was there was stuff that we probably would have done differently. I would say if we if we revisited it in terms of communicating the game's what proposition. Type of game? Yeah, Georgia. Like when you play games, do you? I mean, is this? I, I assume you're like me and you really like narrative. You were saying that earlier. Like, what do you look for when you're when you're looking for I, games? I like a game that really draws me in. I like to think in a game. So uh, I'm yeah. not there for just a mindless hack and slash. I like games with really interesting characters, which, again, probably is not the majority of people. But I am intrigued by what's happening. I like to be immersed in the world. I'm like Maddie in that I will search through a room and search through everything because I want to experience it. And I enjoy games that have a narrative and have an interesting story and that characters are going to develop. And I also love things that are not going to be what I expect. But again, I'm not the average 13-year-old boy that 
<laughs> you might, you know, be looking at, though, I think that though it might not be numbers, but, you know, the older people, like, you know, that are in their 20s and above, they can mm-hmm. afford to pay good money for good games. So sometimes it's it might not be the demographic that is in the numbers, but it might be the demographic that, you know, can actually support the game as well. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the average gamer is... 35 and male is not it's not a teenage so exactly me (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know that the older set is writing comments but um i have seen they don't know how to use the yeah i i've seen comments about murdered that are positive in different places like user reviews and just comments from people saying that they really liked this game so i think it is sort of a it has potential to be kind of a cult favorite even if it wasn't just a watershed watchdogs or gta or what have you or call of duty is the game that we're all hating on this particular show um but i i don't know i i think i think this game is worth picking up i hope our listeners check it out because i really think it's interesting and i said so (laughs) on the internet (laughs) I, I think, Justin, you're probably right, though, that if, you know, wh- whatever our expectations can change, it's like, uh, you know, picking up a glass of what you think is milk and drinking orange juice. You really, if you, <laughs> you know, expect a movie to be a certain way, you may not enjoy it. And often I'll go back and rewatch that movie and say, now, you know, I totally enjoy this movie, but I'm expecting what is is packaged out to me. So if they know that this is a game that, you know, it's not just going to be a hack and slash uh, violence and and you know mindless but fun action then people know going in that you know you're going to spend a little more time thinking explore enjoy become immersed and then you're really going to get your money's worth from a game completely yeah. fair commentary <laughs> <laughs> that's me can i ask like can I, can I ask one more question about this before we you know, go on to the you know feminist frequency you know, oh. new one this week but how does it how does it feel when you have a game that comes into the marketplace and maybe doesn't, you know, make the expectations that you have? Because, like, for me, when we're shipping our game in a few months, um, I'm terrified about that. And, yeah, I, I imagine it just, it hurts you. Like, how do you how do you deal with that? Or, or do you feel that way? Like, how has this been for you? My, my sort of hierarchy of needs runs roughly dev team, then media, and then the publishing side. So... I'd be lying if I if I said that I was too worried about my own personal reaction. Like, mm-hmm. I tend to focus more on like you know what what does this mean for the the livelihoods of the actual people who kill themselves making the game, right? And then right. like you know, and often that manifests itself like in a title that we released like a couple of years back that I was working on. It met with a lot of critical acclaim, but there was one particular early review that came in at, I think, 40%. And not naming names, Tom Chick. um, (laughs) You know, the dev team were really upset and they didn't understand the the tenor of the comments and why that equated to such a low score. And so you go through that unfortunately familiar cycle where you explain that Metacritic is a horrible bastardized tool that like reduces thought down to a number you can attest to this brianna you it's Mm -hmm. it's fine for a publishing person to say that but when you're the dev team and someone's saying don't worry about it it's just like their opinion man like that doesn't (laughs) you know that doesn't really you don't care it's like it's still out there 
and you want right. you want a, you want someone accountable. So that side of the things is tough because, like, you don't want to ever tell the dev team that you're dismissive of their concerns, but like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, when it comes to things like that, you've just got to wear it. So yeah, whether it's smart PR practice or not, if I see that happening, I normally turn around and take it out on particularly obnoxious or obtuse media people. Ju- ju- Justin, <laughs> can I can I sp- can I speak can I speak for you for a second? Please, Bree, do. <laughs> you 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 don't know that the sequel is actually going to be called "Murdered Media Suspect." <laughs> Justin stars. Yeah. I am down with that. I'm down with that. Don't do that until after your game comes out. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather have murdered suspect media. Actually, there we go. Mm. You're right. Oh, You're that's right. Even better. That's better. Oh, I like that. Always like editing. <laughs> I think it's a fantastic game. People should definitely check it out. So anyway, there you go. Hey guys, uh, just breaking in for a second, just to give you a bit of a heads up that the next segment's going to have some mature discussions. So uh, if your kids are around and you don't want them to hear it, or this is the kind of thing you don't want to hear yourself, you may want to skip forward about 10 minutes and then we'll be back to, uh, to silly stuff. Anyway, back to the show. Do you guys want to talk about feminist frequency this week? Are we going to just go ahead and encourage our listeners to send us conspiracy theory oriented hate mail about (laughs) every every time I even mention Anita Sarkeesian, I get the worst of hate mails. Oh my God. If you look at this not happen to anyone else, I'm sure it does. No, it really, well, I get it anyway. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, like it, it, the, it increases. I wrote an article once about her and I, I saw her uh, do a talk here in Boston. I don't know if you went to that, Brie or Steve. Um, I was, I was on it was, it was really cool. And then a guy wrote a letter to my editor, like a 2000 word letter to my editor, who is a man about me saying that he was concerned that I had written about <sighs> known wrong person, Anita. <laughs> and this, wow. this email, I can't even make fun of it because I think this person is uh, paranoid in some right. dangerous way. But yeah, so the, the you know, Illuminati conspiracy theories surround Anita Sarkeesian because, you know, she's a lizard. And yeah, she's well, awful. She wants, she wants to apparently make all games not fun is probably what they, what they manage, what they That's figure. right. And she is also not a true gamer. Well. <laughs> so I, I have to say, <laughs> I have to say about this week's, um, I always like feminist frequency, but there aren't many of them. I would go, you know, I message Steve and say, we've got to talk about it on this week's podcast. You know, because we did talk about the animation thing with Ubisoft last week, I I certainly don't want every episode of the show to be about the way women are represented. That said, I was, I was profoundly disturbed watching this this week. Did you, did you guys see it too? Did everybody watch it? I I saw half of it. I'm sorry. It is a tough (laughs) go to watch it. It is. It's, it's, it's basically a super cut of awful is is really what it is. It's so she released it on was it Monday or Tuesday? Mm-hmm. I forget if it was Monday, Monday or Tuesday, but uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. So the subject is women as background decoration. And the idea is pointing out and there's I think she said there's like 50 some odd games that are represented in this video where women are in the game as she 
takes the the term non-player character and applies it to be non-player non-player sex object yeah where the women are literally just there as a sex worker or a strip or a, a stripper or something that has no real value or no real purpose other than to titillate and uh, entice the the male player and the the number of things i mean it's funny because you see this stuff if you play if you play any open world game basically you end up seeing this stuff but you don't realize how often it's used until you see it kind of one after the other after the other after the other how she she presents it yeah and, that's what was really disturbing yeah. to me is i've seen i've played almost every game on that list i've played sleeping dogs i've played you know grand theft auto and these scenes individually have bothered me you know, walking out to a prostitute who has sex with your, you know, male avatar for money and it's just degraded. I've, I've played these games. I've done that scene. It's bothered me. Um, when I played Grand Theft Auto V, the Touch the Stripper minigame deeply bothered me. That said, what I appreciate about her work is she kind of looks at it and puts it into a context, like a more academic context to kind of deconstruct what's going on there. And it was the violence towards these women and, and treating these NPCs as a literal vending machine for sex or, or some other object as like a male power fantasy and seeing how prevalent it was and the violence, especially like it's, it's just stomach churning. Yeah. The one thing that jumped out to me was the one in Red Dead Redemption, where apparently <sighs> there's a, there's an achievement where you can tie up a prostitute, put her on the back of your horse where she still propositions you while she's tied up on the back of the horse. And then you take her over to the train tracks and leave her in front of a train that comes and splatters her. And that's an achievement. And that just like, whoa, like, I, I mean, it's one thing to not that it's excusable, but it's one thing to write these things into the game. It's another thing to actually create a, a full incentive by, taking the time to write it in is an achievement for the game. And because yeah. and, that's basically, it's going from putting something there and letting people discover what happens and which is bad in and of itself to actually putting it out there and, and inviting people to do that is like a whole other level when you, when you put it in as an achievement. Georgia, mm. Justin, like what did, I mean, I feel like I've had my say, what do you guys think about it? Well, Georgia, sure. I'll, I'll go at that as, as I'm a girl. It's, um, <laughs> no, it's it's really it for me it kind of shows how far our culture has come and how far we still have to go because you would never have uh in a game as okay without having a huge set of people being upset no matter what age, race or sex you are if you had say a person of color being lynched or having something else that would be considered as not okay. And so for me I I kind of look at it also as, you know, I look back on shows that were done in the 80s or in the 70s, and I look back and I go, wow, this is so wrong. I I would have never been able to stomach it, but I remember watching a show as a child, and it didn't bother me at all. So part of it is that slowly my hope as we keep on noticing it, as people mention that this is not okay, less and less people that develop games and write storylines and deal with things will say, you know what, this is all right, because I'm going to be called out on doing that. And I don't think that people really understand how much the media does affect 
how people see themselves and why that is not okay. Because if, again, we live in a very uh, superficial culture where if we see ourselves as only an object of sexuality and shapely in this, what happens if you want other things? This is one of the things that you see yourself as. So it, it really does have an effect. And I think that you only really notice it the most when you have your own children and you're like, wait a second, I don't like the fact that there's just a whole bunch of women body parts for my little boys to take a look at because I don't want him to see women as body parts. So yeah. Right. And I wouldn't want to see my daughters just seeing that this is how women are. This is the only, you know, the predominant way that that women are portrayed in video games. I mean, yeah. we, we had all these conversations about just playable characters. And I mean, beyond playable characters, I mean, seeing that this is way more prevalent than any female playable character in games and seeing, you know, I mean, they're a few years away from from being able to play anything like this, but hmm. they're going to be. And they're gonna start, and they're gonna start seeing this stuff, and then eventually it's gonna be like, why? Why did you? You know, it, why it, is this okay? What, what do you say when right. they say, "Daddy, why is it okay that they're doing this exactly. to this girl?" I, yeah. I, I actually think, guys, that you're you're lucky if you're in a position where your kids are actually questioning it. Like the yeah. the scary yeah. thing for me is the idea that it's reinforcing these norms to people who obviously are impressionable and they don't know better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that. You know, like, I think if you've created an environment where at least they're asking, it's not ideal, but it's on the right track. But, yeah, I find a lot scary the idea that people are growing up thinking, oh, yeah, it's perfectly normal to to murder a bunch of people, you know, as part of entertainment or even, no matter what their gender. Or, yeah, it's okay right. to mistreat women or use them as background objects because that's what we've always done and it's always worked. I think that that part's the scarier part. And it's, it's kind of like what you would hope the, the wake-up call that doesn't seem to be heeded by too many publishers, but it should be. Yeah. Because yeah. it's... Well, it, it's scary to me, the idea that, like, a generation of kids will grow up thinking that it's, you know, their primary source of entertainment, video games, you know, like, it revolves around slaughtering countless dozens of people every hour or so just to reach an arbitrary objective. You know, it's... You know, Georgia, you especially, because you, you, know, you work in psychology, I... I it's... I wish she'd seen all the way to the end of it because she starts talking about the the societal effects about consuming this kind of mm-hmm. media, like from an academic, scientifically proven manner. And, you know, for women, it's when we're shown images of women like this, we tend to self-objectify, we tend to, you know, evaluate our own worth like this, we tend to you know, have really damaging narratives about ourselves mm-hmm. and become extremely equate our body image with, you know, our worth. And I know for me, you know, I'm a well-known in the industry as someone that speaks up on this stuff. And when I see that, you know, I have those little thoughts that enter my head too. Like, am I thin enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I, you know, like it's, it has an effect. It absolutely does. Um, it's, it happens to men as yeah. well. Like when they're shown this media, they tend to see women as a whole as less intelligent, no matter of how they dress, no matter how they you know present themselves. They just kind of have these stereotypes about women. They're bothered about less about violence to women. They are, you know, they buy into people of all genders buy into you know, rape myths. Um, like, what are your thoughts about the kind of the psychological effects of this? Well, 
media works and <laughs> the good and the bad like people spend billions of dollars to put out you know five second advertisements on tv and we know that they do work um that's why they spend such an amount of money on a you know 29 28 second commercial because that will change our perception of what's happening and i see it's it's such a cultural effect. I see more anorexia, more bulimia, more eating disorders. The same thing now, unfortunately, for men, because the men now in the media are always shirtless and always look, you know, like they've been uh, training for, for a million, you know, years. So y- you can't say that this does not have an effect because children at an age where their frontal lobes, their, you know, ability to make decisions about what's going to happen if I do this in the future – are still developing. And so you think of a 28 second, they'll spend billions of dollars to get a commercial for 28 seconds. They're now playing a video game. And some kids play these video games for like four hours a day. And they're constantly seeing this type of similar imagery. And so their levels of empathy and delay and gratification and a whole bunch of other things definitely do have an effect. And then they're going to be growing up to be fathers and mothers and um, treating other people. And yeah, unfortunately, people love to say, and I love video games, but you have to know that whatever you are surrounding yourself with is going to change the way that you view things. Yeah. What a happy sorry. episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, so did I ruin the show? A cool game about a ghost man called Murder. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Do you guys like puppies? I like puppies. I have a puppy. Should we show the puppy? All right, all right. Should we should we bring things up and talk about some games that we're playing this week and kind <laughs> yeah, of bring, let's do bring, it. Bring let's talk up. about good games. All right, so I guess we'll, uh, we'll we'll this is the part of the show where we talk about one game that we're that we've been spending some time with over the past week. Well, Justin, you're our guest. If you'd like to go first, or if you need a little bit more time to come up with something. Oh, I've uh, I've got my 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 one true game at the moment, and you guys <laughs> okay. are going to probably think that I'm dreadfully boring. But being the World Cup, I've been playing the crap out of FIFA. Taking Australia, <laughs> as of today, I took Australia to the World Cup, which is obviously a feat that won't be occurring in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> so I was just doing my bit for my country. But yeah, FIFA all the way and a tiny little bit of Diablo 3 still. And and don't forget Murdered. Acceptable. Oh, <laughs> Murdered murdered's well and truly in the uh, revision mirror for me now. When you, when you ship a game, you play it so many times, you don't want to play it. <laughs> just trust me. That is it's probably true. It's like cooking, like having sushi. By the time I'm just sick of sushi after trying to cook something, that's going right, to take that exactly. long. So that I understand. Right. All right. Well, Georgia, you were uh, you were not with us last week, so why don't you? You go, get to name two go games. Go yeah. Yes. Ooh. Well, we didn't do what we're playing last week, so she gets all, she gets a, a get out of jail free card. Oh. Okay, fair enough. That's true. We didn't. <laughs> we all do because none of us said what we were playing last week. No. Right. right. Okay. So one of them is Street Fighter Four, the arcade edition on How? Steam. Whoa. It was oh. awesome. Awesome. It's just who did you play? I as? played as Jury. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. And Ibuki. Yeah, she, yeah. I love them both. Awesome. I I think Ibuki I liked a little bit better, but I'm still learning all of the moves. So, you know, I'll wait. You know, usually I play so as Ken. The thing about Jury is she controls so much space. Like, she's really good. Like, she can, you pick a zone and you can control it, can totally control what the player can do around it. Mm. So she's awesome. She's a really You like her better than, than Ibuki. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm going to, I'm going to spend more time than Jury. <laughs> and the other one was Mortal Kombat Complete. That was oh, uh, whoa! I, oh. I like fighter games. 
that's a lot. Wow. Just stamping it wow. out. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I played as the uh, cyborg Sub-Zero. And awesome. He, w- he was, he was awesome and a lot of fun. And I really just enjoyed the interaction in both games. It was a lot of fun. And I played it on my arcade, so. So which one do you which one do you like more? Oh, oh, that's because we've got we got into a big discussion about Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. We last did week. actually really. Oh, yeah. yeah. <sighs> you know they're both a different mood. You know they're they're yeah, absolutely a different too. feel to me. I think that I have more of a love. Like if I had to pick a game, I've more of a love because I played it for longer. Would be Street Fighter, but yeah. Mortal Kombat has a different feel to it. So it's it was kind of more fun, a little bit more funny, but it's not. I do, this is so wrong, but I don't find it more of a technical game. So I'm apologizing. No, that's true. I mean, that's basically what I said when we talked about it last okay, week. Okay, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did well. Oh. Thank you. Who is older than Thank me. Thank you. All right, so so Maddie, what have you been playing this week? Um, on Bree's recommendation, I've been replaying Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Oh, oh I love Metroid. Yes. It's one of my favorite Metroids ever. It's I awesome. cried the first time. I cried. Sorry, for people I am that who lame. don't remember which Metroid it is, it's the one with the spider ball. It's the one where when you're in morph ball mode, you can get the spider ball power up, which would break any other Metroid game. But in this game, it's okay. <laughs> and the spider ball makes it so you can cling to walls. And it's just, it's. I think it's the only game where you have that power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I seem to remember it being in Fusion. Mm-hmm. I didn't be play wrong. Fusion. You, mm-hmm. could, you might be right. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to replay Fusion I w- to make sure. I would say <laughs> this is. I I did start replaying Fusion, but I abandoned it in favor of this game, which I'm enjoying more. But I might switch back, <laughs> and then I'll get confused about which game has the spider ball. Uh, yeah. So this game is not really well known for good music. I would say that's the thing yeah. that it yeah. it isn't as strong on as other Metroid games. But in terms of playability it is really holding up well mm-hmm. personally i prefer the games in which samus does not talk at all and there's no introduction and there's no dialogue i just think yeah. the atmosphere of metroid carries the story on its own and this is one of those it's similar to the original metroid and super metroid in that way in that there's not a lot of talking and um that was something that in fusion i was put off by because samus keeps interrupting me to say stuff and i'm like what are you doing stop talking to me maddie i'm exactly <laughs> i'm exactly with you i prefer it when my women don't speak yeah, I just, well, I'm, I don't know. I feel like it's fine if women want to talk, but Samus is a character. I feel like I just, I don't see her in that way. Oh, geez. The, the feminist tech uh, priesthood will be, yeah. No, but I actually, later. I yeah. actually feel the same way, Maddie. I, she doesn't need to. It's, it's already, I want to just get into the game and start exploring yeah. it and figuring things out. Also, I think it's weird <laughs> that there are no other characters in the game and that Samus would be talking. So in Fusion, they have to come up with this sort of contrived reason that she has diary entries, which just come on. When's the last time you played a game with a male character who had diary entries? I didn't hear Never. diary so, entries. I heard it as diary, <laughs> diary entries. Yeah, Sorry, diarrhea entries. Am I right? Yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm enjoying. I want to play too. a God of War with Kratos making dear diary <laughs> today. I, I'm Bree. Make that mod. Go forth and mm-hmm. make that mod for me. I will please, do that, and then I will maybe play God of War. I've never played yeah. any of those games. Ooh. You're not missing much. I don't but. think I am. I resent God of War for taking Gears of War's abbreviation <laughs> and confusing everyone. <laughs> It's funny. I actually, after Brie tweeted out that recommendation, I randomly found this on my 3DS. I must have gotten it from Club Nintendo like a few months ago and never played it. 
Are you playing so, it too? I I just started it. Let's all play Metroid 2 Return oh, of Samus, no. everybody. See, here's here's yeah. my problem, and this is my problem with the original Metroid, and this is my problem with this game. It's not a problem with the game, it's a problem with me. <laughs> is that I have a horrible, horrible sense of direction. Oh, so no. So that it doesn't have a map is really is really kind of making me run around in circles a lot. Oh, yeah. Can I, That's fair. Don't you remember where everything is? Yeah, from you just have you to remember where everything is. No, I, mean, I, never had, I never had a Game Boy. I got suckered into oh. getting a Game Gear instead. Oh, that didn't work out. No, it didn't work out very well at all. <laughs> oh. So I never played this game the first time around. So I have no idea where anything is, and I'm just kind of wandering around in circles. I'm, I'm, I'm such a loser. I'm such yeah. a loser. I'll just I'll just say this to Steve to make him feel better. I also will get lost anywhere. I'll get lost in a circle. Um, so I I actually <laughs> mapped out the rooms on paper. I do have a, I do have a notebook with graph paper that my daughter was drawing, and I should get that. I d- that's what I did. That's what I yeah. did. Because you know the internet has already done that for you if you want to be really <laughs> yeah. lazy. But uh, or you can do the graph paper thing. Whatever. <laughs> Maddie's not judging us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the idea of George's house with like graph paper everywhere. Like, I must get through this. 16 sheets, <laughs> yeah. Tacks and pieces of string. And she's like, I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> it's like a cartographer's paradise. That's right. a brilliant visual. <laughs> yeah. Samus's face in the middle. Someone comes I in and like they go, Metroid that's scary. Games- really lend themselves to people who get lost easily though because i also get lost in games but metroid is they tend to be games where if you go back to the same area you find something new there so even if you're just retreading old ground you still might find something again Mm. and i i mean i guess the part where you might get lost is that you wouldn't necessarily know where all the secret walls are and whatnot right um, and, and I and I started going down a path, and I'm like, oh, I haven't been here. And then all of a sudden, I keep walking, and then I'm, oh, I'm back at the ship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's, exactly. <laughs> well, but that's not necessarily oh. bad because sometimes you are closing a loop as the char- as part of the right. game. Right. I'm like, I actually um, did want to save. Yeah, and there aren't very many save points, so that kind of helps you orient. Like, oh, the save point's back there. I'll go back to that. Then I'll come back here. And that helps you remember. I don't know. It helps yeah. me. Though not yeah. being able to save is not as much of a big deal on the virtual console because you can just do a save point whenever. Yeah, that's true. The 3DS has restore points that I haven't been using because I'm old school, but I guess it makes it easier. How do those work exactly? You you can. There's a button that you could press and then you can just... It's like a quick save. So you, you can load it up and then I guess... I don't think it. I don't think it wipes it, but you can only have one slot at a time, so you can just kind of go back to it. So if you close, basically, it's just if you close out of it, oh. and then you come back in, then you can get back to where you were without having to load up from your last save point. Mm. So that's like so, for babies, right? It's for babies. Well, it's for it's for convenience. <laughs> it's for people who have their 3ds's commandeered by by small people who live in their houses <laughs> at inopportune <laughs> times. I I've used that to abuse and beat so many games like <laughs> WarioWare. You have not played WarioWare until you've just cheated with that feature. Oh, it's I could great. only imagine yeah. a WarioWare in your household is probably like a death match. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> hardcore. It's hardcore. So, Bree, what game have you been playing? Is it Metroid 2 st- also? Yeah, I've been playing that. Like, it's so great when you... I don't know if you've had this experience. I, I have no idea how old I was when it came out, but I remember, like, being in the back of my mom's minivan, like... <laughs> on the way to soccer practice like playing this and then like you'll be like oh my god there's a secret there and this the synapse it's been buried in your mind like forever it fires and you're like i know where this is 
It's great. Yeah. Oh my god. I, yeah. I remember a lot of long car trips with various Game Boy games. That was like yeah. my whole childhood. We yeah. talked about the yeah. Game Boy on our previous show, right? It was like my I first console. Yeah. Yeah. What's it? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a baby myself, so yeah, the Game Boy was my first console. See, there were no long car rides with the Game Gear because the battery would die after about 15 minutes. <laughs> well, Steve. <laughs> you, you made a bad consumer decision. They, yeah. they lied to me at the, at the mall tour where they told me that the Game Gear was better than the Game Boy, and I believe them. Huh. I'm going to make it my mission to find that person and get justice for him. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Have Steve buy some like land in Florida first. <laughs> what? Some swamp. <laughs> yes, because... <laughs> Oh, I the get gullibility it. factor. Sorry, ah, murder. But it could be for suspect. <laughs> we could take advantage of Steve. Um, it's not hard. <laughs> Steve, I've um, seen the, what your daughters. Yeah, have I told you about the Atari Lynx, Steve? It's actually very good. Very good. Oh, I, I, I skipped the Lynx. I went straight to the Jaguar and the 3D. Justin has oh, 3D cool. selling. Yes, I do. They're in Florida, next to my alligator swampland. <laughs> So I've also I played a bunch of uh yeah I've been making a lot of time for games lately I played a bunch of Watch Dogs yeah you know, I was playing Murdered Soul Suspect a bit before this just to be able to talk about it um been playing a lot of Ultra Street Fighter Four um, this is the best moment I actually beat my husband so bad at that game this weekend that he threw the PS3 controller oh. down and broke it <gasps> that oh is God. the most awesome victory ever. I want to like take yeah. the remains of that PS3 controller and mount it on my you, wall. Like that is my trophy. You have gosh. to you have to put it in one of those like squares of plastic and then keep it. Right. And then next year's trophy is the broken controller. <laughs> the the broken controller. Exactly. Oh exactly. Gosh. Next to the rock. <laughs> right. Right. Bree, I don't understand your marriage, but I admire it. <laughs> I admire it a lot. We have a game in my marriage called Shove Mania. Where you the have a lot of too. games in your yeah. I feel like every we week the secret final segment on the show is Bree starting with, <laughs> we have a game in my marriage called, and then there's just this absurd phrase comes right, out of your mouth. Right. Go on. I- I'm waiting for the Dungeon Master Guide to Bree's marriage to come out. <laughs> the Dungeon you have to love catch that. the other person off guard and shove them. You punch the other person? <laughs> Is that the no, game? You shove them. You shove them. Now, okay. do you get bonus points if you're near stairs? <laughs> or if you call the cops on the other person first? <laughs> it's fun. It's whimsical. It's just fun, you know? That's right. Oh, You've okay. seen the videos on my Facebook where it's like, so the iPhone 5S comes out and it has this slow mo feature. So oh my you God. can see a multitude of videos on my Facebook of me shooting Frank <laughs> in the face with the Nerf gun, like in slow motion. <laughs> It's great because you have this moment of dawning comprehension when he comes out of the bathroom <laughs> the kitchen and uh, no. Oh my god. I feel like this would creep me out if I didn't like know you and Frank and know that your relationship is fine. So I just want to reassure right. our listeners that it, this is funny if you know them. It's not I, I seem to remember a couple times when Frank made the mistake of falling asleep on the couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then Bree staged a whole uh, a whole raid on him and filmed it in I slow-mo. did. I let people vote on Twitter oh my God. whether Frank would get shot or not. Oh my God. <laughs> I need video. You have to tweet out. We have video. We have video. We'll include it in the... Of course there's video. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. 
<laughs> and of course, they voted to, to leave him alone, let him sleep. No. Of course they no. did. Of course. No. Twitter no. is full of kind people. Maddie was probably the only one. Uh, <laughs> Maddie would definitely vote to shoot. I would have. Someone. I didn't see this one, though. I saw the one where you asked people to vote on whether or not you should eat some hostess cupcake that he had left at home. Yes. <laughs> Bree's constantly asking people to vote on how she should best torture Frank. So, I mean, follow Bree on Twitter, I guess. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, yeah. her marriage is more of a democracy. Right, right, right. You know. It's just that Frank doesn't have a vote in it. <laughs> no, it was great. Frank had a bunch of Hostess cupcakes, and I put it on. I, I put it on my Facebook. I said, "Attention, Frank Wu! If you don't agree to go take me to this girly movie tonight, I will eat all of your Hostess cupcakes." And then he didn't answer, and I, I put photos on there as I started devouring the whole box. <laughs> you should have. You should have just yeah. eaten the inside. Yeah. And then let him, like, you know, have just this little husk of a hostess oh. cupcake that he thinks that he can still worst. eat. <laughs> anyway. Don't judge me. <laughs> That's good. Justin's never going to talk to me again. Yeah, this so. is the end. Justin's like, what is this show? I thought this would be a video game <laughs> podcast. And then Brianna it, just told me weird stuff about her marriage. Yeah, marital torture. <laughs> turned into Dr. Phil in a hurry. Yeah. What, what was the game again? Shove a lot or something? <laughs> shove me. Shove me. Try it with your wife or partner. Shove me. It was shove a palooza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I don't think my boyfriend would take to shove mania. I think he would just look at me sadly, like, "What are you doing, Maddie?" As, as he doesn't move at all. You mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. wait, I was attacking you. Like, oh, I didn't feel anything. Oh, wait, harder. <laughs> run, run. And <laughs> Are you accusing me of being small in stature? No, because that is no I know you do that martial arts. I know you can seriously kick butt. You've already talked about your black belt. I know. I know. No one mess with Maddie. Right. Is it a black belt in shove mania, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm terrible at shove mania. Oh, well. <laughs> Maddie, when I see you at Orisha this year, shove me. <laughs> oh my gosh, Bree, you can take me though. Okay, Steve, sign us off. Sign us off. Ask, Ask us things. who we are. Nobody cares about. Oh what yeah, I was Steve, this week. what are you playing? Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. Okay, Maddie was just joking. All right, so, so I I will keep with the Metroid theme. I got a random urge to play Metroid Prime Pinball. I remember I that, love game. that game. Huh. It holds up yeah, it so does. well. Uh, yeah, it does. It's so <laughs> it, good. <laughs> it is. It is just as good as it was like ten years. I can't believe that game was made in two thousand five. I can't either. Oh my god, Steve! It, it I'm is. So happy you, you're playing. So Bree, you haven't you haven't heard about this at all? No. No. So what? it was one of the first DS games, and it was actually one of the games that actually took advantage of the DS. Because wow. it's a pinball machine and it's got it goes across both screens. It's one of my favorite games, it's, maybe ever. It's fantastic. I don't care how stupid that is. It's a pinball game. No, but, but it's, it's really no, well it's, done. You are Samus in morph ball form as yeah. the ball. Yeah. It and makes sense. you fight monsters and stuff. And then eventually, sense. every so often, you come out of the ball and you just start shooting beetles and stuff like that. It's and there amazing. Are boss battles. Yeah, yeah. It's and there's so like an actual good. plot to the game, even though it's a pinball yeah. game. Oh, I never got to which the is plot. crazy. I don't think I did that well. Yeah, and the music is. I mean, it's the same music from Metroid Prime. It's fantastic. The uh -huh. graphics, even for like a first gen DS game, hold up really, really well. Yeah, they cool. look really good. I am like, I just found this in my basement. I'm like, oh, I need to play Metroid Prime Pinball, and it, I've been playing it a lot. Mm -hmm. And it is a hell of a lot of fun still. It's oh, worth yeah. tracking down. 
Yeah, I remember when that came out, I was actually working at GameStop. I'm remembering I couldn't afford to buy it because I was working at GameStop. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> you should get it now. My boyfriend yeah. got it for me as a birthday present a while back, and it was such a random present. I was like, really? A pinball game? Oh. And then it yeah. was like my favorite game for a full year. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's so, <laughs> so good. It was like the one Metroid game that was not part of my Metroid roster, and I am so sad that I didn't have it for my entire oh. life because it's yeah. and, amazing. And fun. it's the one Metroid game that I can't get lost in, so that's that's a plus. That's completely <laughs> true. <laughs> there are other linear Metroid games. We're gonna we're gonna have a Towerfall throwdown soon, right? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, it's on. I'm just telling. Well, you. now that I have my PS4, we can have. Uh... We can do all that stuff. I don't think we can do it online, but uh, no, there's I no. Figure. I don't understand why there's no online multiplayer on. I'm in Towerfall. It's. I mean, it's. It's designed as a local multiplayer game, but I mean, well, I did get it for the for the Mac, and I've been playing it a little bit. But you're right, it's not. You, you told me when when I got it that I wasn't going to enjoy it very much, and it, you're right, it's not. It's not great single player. I mean, there is a quest mode in it, but it's not. It's, it's not, not good. fantastic. It's not good. It's awesome. it's it's designed to be played with four people shouting at each other. <laughs> All right, so, Justin, so, thank you for coming on yeah, this week. Absolutely, no problem. So, Justin, where can where can people find you on the uh, on the interwebs? At Kranzel, ampersand K R A N Z, because we're in America. L. <laughs> <laughs> you can say Z. Nobody would nobody would judge. George is in Canada. I so. am. I'm in Canada. I, I get nothing but attitude if I dare mention the Z letter to America. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. This is a safe space for Z. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we're zed inclusive here all right so uh if you want to see all the links from this week's show you can go visit the show notes at isometricshow.com uh please send us feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com or feel free to tweet the show at isometric show and uh, if you want to follow me i am at wicked good oh don't forget to go to itunes and leave us a review if you're willing to take the time it helps us out a lot and, or if uh, you're unwilling to. Or even if you're unwilling to, Brie will come to your house and put you in front of the, of the keyboard and make you type out a review. That's true. Or play Shove Mania. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or play Shove Mania. She will yeah. shove you until you do it. <laughs> and she'll have it on slow motion. And she'll eat your cupcakes, until you, all of your cupcakes, until you leave a review on iTunes. All yours cupcakes can has ours. <laughs> uh, Brie, where can people find you online? I, I... I don't <laughs> Free is indisposed at this time. <laughs> at shovemania.com. And <laughs> at, at SpaceCatGal. And Maddie, where can people find you? <laughs> I'm on Twitter at SamusClone. And Georgia? At Georgia underscore Dow. All right. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. And we will catch you next week. Have a great one. <laughs> <laughs>